Welcome to the Improvising Life Podcast, where we explore how life can be more livable. This is Lloyd Crawford, your host. Welcome to episode 11! Wow, y'all. So, the last episode aired, it was recorded on October 3rd and aired on October 4th because I'd set it up ahead of time. Something just told me to, and here, as life lives, our daughter, Mercury Rain, made her grand, unexpectedly a little early entrance on October 4th. So, I have been enjoying my maternity leave the past, oh gosh, 12 weeks today and just soaking in motherhood. And so what a wonderful way to have a reflection episode. That's also the last episode of season one, because I also realized that we need to get to tool number six. So today we're going to be exploring tool number six. I've got your back through the lens of my experience with motherhood so far and anything else that comes up. So to recap, we've already gone through the first five tools, and they are yes and, if so, what else, A to C, ID the ship, build versus invent, and now, I've got your back. So I'm having this visual of the tool of improvising can be like a hug, right? Before we get comfortable enough to hug, we have to go through this relationship building process. You know, unless you're a natural hugger, some people will hug anyone. But if we're thinking that maybe we're a little slow to warm. So now we've gone through 10 episodes, this being the 11th. And I'd like to think that we're at the point of a hug, right? So (laughs) that being said, we're going to think of tool number six, which again is... I've got your back as this embrace because the foundation behind this tool and and improv is this idea that you're really there as a team to make each other look good. You don't need to try to make yourself look good or to like take care of yourself on stage because there's this trust that your teammates and partners are doing the same thing for you. They're trying to make sure that you're in the spotlight, that what you're being, um, what you're contributing rather is being yes handed and that you're then going to be going through if so what else together you're going to be a to seeing together you're going to be building this relationship right and then you're going to be and then you're going to get to this point where you're no longer having to invent things to go off of you're going to just be building in the world that you've already created on stage and so when I think about I've got your back, it's something that can be a personal practice that, you know, there's ways to have your own back. And it's also something that can be very communal. And that has really been what my birth and delivery and postpartum experience has been so far. And my husband and I, Nate, are going to be recording an episode together for season two to talk about our parenthood journey. So I'm inviting myself right now to find the balance of what I want to share now and what I think would be really special to reflect on and share in the episode with him. So um, that being said, you know, it's this idea that I both had my own back through my birthing and delivery experience especially in the ways that, you know, my contraction started so suddenly in the middle of the night, I just barely moved a muscle. <laughs> I thought about moving to get up. Um, it was about 2.30 in the morning to get yogurt, which is usually my midnight, mid, middle of the night routine for my heartburn. 
and I just barely flinched a muscle. You know, I, I was thinking about getting up, and then suddenly my contractions started, and I just knew instantly there were contractions, right? I've never experienced delivery before, so it's not like I had the experience, but I just knew, and I was like, wow, okay, thinking about getting yogurt put me into labor. <laughs> okay, what's happening here, right? But I had my own back there because I trusted that just something that was an intuitive knowingness was correct for me. And then as the day and events unfolded, there were so many people who had my back, primarily my husband, my wonderful doula, Bet, and our phenomenal doctor, Sheila. And so there was this beautiful way that by having my own back and allowing other people to have my back, we all collectively had Mercury's back, right? And she had her own back too, just the way that she came earthside and was advocating for herself right away and just was so uniquely her from the beginning. And so, yeah, I'm just feeling immense gratitude right now that I, that really is like my own experience and journey with improvising facilitated the way that I was able to experience pregnancy, delivery, birth, and now the life of our child and, you know, really is the key way that's infor- that's informing how I'm parenting, you know, like every time that Mercury's expressing something that she has a need, I'm literally yes handing it out loud to her for my own practice and to, to have my own back. So that way, it's, because it's my way of saying, yeah, I don't know how to parent textbook wise, like I haven't done it before, but there is just this instinctual unfolding that I'm experiencing of her and I are able to communicate, you know, and I just have this way of understanding her and why can't that be true you know she was growing inside of me for nine months and I did a lot of energy work with her so why can't we already have subtle ways that we're able to communicate that aren't based off of you know the expectation that she can verbalize them to me and so in that experience of having our own back uh, we actually created together um, something called the body bottle breast digest a baby feeding parent refueling pocket pal <laughs> and so um, it is available on Amazon off the link in bio but it actually is a a yeah, pocket pal I think of it as a resource it's so what it is it's a printed 89 page printed guide um, that her and I created and I say she did too because she was literally with me you know the whole time whether she was napping on me or laying or eating or just hanging out with me while I created this her for a few first few weeks of life you know, it was a way to have my own back through my very first moments of motherhood. So as I was experiencing things, oh, wait, I have to keep track of how many times she's eating, how long she's eating, how long is she napping, when is she napping, is she having wake cycles or not, um, how many diapers does she have, um, you know, how is she expressing herself, is she seeming um, to have some different milestones developing, there's so many things that were happening. And, you know, understandably, your doctor, who's really fabulous, is expecting, you know, reports when we go see the doctor. So I was like, how can I keep all of this somewhere when I already have ADHD and mom brain is real? Like, how can I take care of myself in this way? And so through creating the pocket pal, it was really important for me that is actually a postpartum, like, friend of sorts for people experiencing parenthood. And so there's actually self pages as well. So that way, you know, it's checking on me of what does my body need? What does my spirit desire? And what does my mind want? Right. So that way I'm able to root in and actually have this way of having my own back as I'm having Mercury's back. 
you know, and it's been a really beautiful experience, you know, and, and I created with the pressure, without the pressure rather, of having to do it every day. It's there for when something needs to shift and, and it's just a really beautiful feeling resource to have. And so since I'd already created it, you know, I was like, well, this is going to be published on Amazon through KDP, which I think is Kindle Direct Publishing. And I want to shout out to Sarah Steckler of um, the Mindful Productivity blog, who has an amazing course that is um, published with purpose that walks you through self-publishing a planner or a journal. And so I actually, after being, having access to the course for two years, made my first journal or planner, which is the, the Digest. And Mercury is waking up from her nap, so I'm actually going to yes in that and have her back, and we're going to take a pause in recording this, but I will just say that it just felt really nice after three months to be back and recording, so I'll have an intermission and revisit with you later. We are back, and I say we because Mercury is joining me, and while I've just been spending some time with her, how I want to spend the rest of this episode with you came through, really just sharing out some ways that you can start to have your own back. So from my own experience, what I've realized is my ability to have my own back has been translating into my ability to being open to receive help from other people so that way they can have my back, right? It's almost like when I can sort of calibrate my my body and even, you know, my just my daily life to realize that there are ways that I can choose certain options throughout the day that are uh, more nourishing for me or just a way that I can respect myself a little more then that helps me realize the people in my life who are doing similar things for me and then also have more room in the relationship for reciprocity and really just the sense of, yeah, realizing that my cup can be more poured into than I realize. It helps me navigate sort of the mental landscape of feeling like I... (laughs) Was that me farting or the chair? Who knows? Um, (laughs) The mental landscape of feeling like I'm going through life alone. So one of the ways um, that I first started realizing that I was having my own back was having moments throughout my week. So I didn't start with daily, but weekly of realizing, oh, you know what? I realized I was hungry. I felt a hunger cue and I actually stopped working and went and got food, right? You know, so I was able to start listening to my body or you know what, I um, dropped and broke something, but instead of being harsh on myself, I just allowed myself to, you know, have that frustration, but then continued about my day after I cleaned up the plate that I'd broken. And so there are the seemingly small moments like that where you're able to offer yourself a sense of grace when you're able to approach things slightly differently because you're, in in a sense, going through the first five tools. You know, you're yes ending that it happened. Yes, I dropped the plate, and there's still 11 hours of the day left. Do I want to be fixating on the broken plate? Hmm. If I fix it on the broken plate, what else is true? Oh, well, I'm probably going to stay in a grumpy mood, so when Nate gets finished work, I won't like want to watch a show together with him, um, or if I do watch it, I won't be able to focus, so then I'll feel like I'm alone. Okay, well, if I feel like I'm alone, let's A to C that. Um, it's going to perpetuate this idea that I've had since childhood that I always have to go through things alone. And that it makes me feel like things haven't changed. And that makes me feel like I'm still a helpless child who's experiencing a lot of the emotional challenges um, and neglect, emotional neglect that I experienced as a child, right? So when I feel into the relationship that I have with emotional neglect, I realized that it's very easy for me to um, sort of intellectually say, oh yeah, I know things are different, 
but there's a lot that I haven't let go of inside and it's very easy for me to go back to that place of without realizing it of feeling like I'm going through things alone and that that's the only way they can be right and that I have to really people please or over give and not have boundaries so that way I'm um, of value to someone else and so with that like relationship with loneliness and emotions and um, identified how can I end up having room to build versus an event right so instead of having to feel like I still have to find a way out or you know like a way to fix everything you know I have to have to do that by myself too right I have to keep inventing things that always work how can I build from that awareness so if I know that it's very easy for me to feel alone how can I have I'm touching so many things are making noise how can I have time in my day or in my week you know just in general to reflect on moments where I didn't feel alone? How can I build a practice of noticing that I haven't been alone going through something? You know, and from that place, then I can say, oh, well, I have my own back. And also here are some other people who have been having my back in ways that I've been uh, minimizing or not letting myself see because it didn't feel safe to see. Because the thing is, is once we realize that we can pour into our cup and there might be people also pouring into our cups, we suddenly think that our cup has holes in the bottom, right? Oh, well, this can't possibly last for long, right? It's going to look like they're pouring in, but really that I'm going to be like draining out, right? I'm going to have to keep overgiving. I'm going to have to keep um, justifying why they're pouring into me, which just sounds absolutely exhausting. So why would I do that, right? And there's, there's a way then where it could be very easy to then start um, shutting down and closing off those, those doorways for people to support me. And so... You know, and then when that thought comes up, I'd be able to have my own back by literally then going back to tool number one. I'm just saying that. Yes, I'm realizing that I still feel like it's uh, it's very fleeting for me to have support and to be supported. And if that's true, what else might feel fleeting? Oh, that I'm worthy of support. You know, and as you can see, then I could go through that whole set of tools with the idea of me having to prove my worthiness. And on that note, something that I'm really grateful that I have come to realize and truly believe is that we're all inherently worthy and deserving of support and of being in community, a community with, yeah, Mercury, community with ourselves and with others. And so, you know, my evolution through in providing life has literally made life more livable. Like there's so many more moments during the day where there's just a sense of ease, the ability to pause. I don't know how many times a day I just smile at Mercury, especially when she's just sleeping and looks so peaceful. And I thank her for choosing me to be your mom. Yeah. You know, and, and just being able to improvise my relationship with her with the hopes that it just gives her greater access to herself through life in ways that I didn't have as a child growing up. You know, really is bestowing within her this total permission slip and just knowingness that like you're totally worthy everything that you're expressing is valid you know and what if you get to have access to choosing the relationship that you have with yourself you know and so in the mornings one of our favorite new practices together is after I you know change her diaper and she's all freshened up you know I lay her on her play mat and I have that one of those little stand-up mirrors next to her and she just coos and laughs and talks to herself sometimes for over 30 minutes and I just enjoy being a spectator then or, or maybe I'll do a few things for myself of you know refilling my water bottle getting breakfast letting the dogs out getting to have those few moments of being a dog mom which I've really been missing the way I used to be able to interact with them more 
you know, and at the root of it, it's her having a relationship with herself. Sure, she may not know that's what's happening. She was just turning three months or 12 weeks today, you know, about to be three months old, but it's the practice, right? It's a daily check-in. She's starting her day of checking with herself and talking to herself and celebrating herself. And I think that's so fucking rad. And I hadn't really thought of it that way of what that really the practice really is until now so i'm so glad that that's yeah that that's coming out in this episode because that is really how i started to transform everything in my own life is starting my day with checking in with myself even if that was like which butt cheek is sore today from how i slept you know it can start with something like that way and with that awareness of self that then translates to being able to have my own back because then I can choose, oh, well, maybe I won't sit as much today. Maybe I can do more things that are standing. You know, maybe I could re- record the next episode of this, you know, standing up. Maybe I want to invest in a, a stand-up desk attachment for my desk. You know, it, it creates more possibilities. So I, <laughs> right now the dogs are playing too. You know, and so much life is happening <laughs> right now and I'm just so grateful that I can be in this moment of recording a podcast episode and being part of life as it's lifing and not feeling like I have to pause right now or, or edit or you know act like things are so perfect in terms of like the textbook expectation that things run smoothly and that everything is polished like fuck no I <laughs> throw away your your gem tumblers those are even things still you're like no we can be rough and and raggedy and <laughs> really rejoice in the simplicity that gets to be a breath, a smile, a meal. When you get to stretch out your legs in the morning in bed, you know, when you actually remember to turn the oven off before you burn your pizza, you know, like whatever moment is really something to celebrate, you know, can you lean into that celebration? And so I feel this episode coming to a close, but I do want to share out, um, you know, today's a Monday that I'm recording this. And so I pulled some cards tonight and the card is, so it's last Monday of 2021. And the card that I pulled is the peacock. And and then well, the question I asked was, you know, like what, what message is there for the collective for the rest of 2021? And the peacock is really this energy about, you know, we think that the, the beauty's in the plumage externally, right? But it's actually radiating from within, you know, the, the feathers are just like the conduit, right? Or it's the mirror. It's the way that people are able to see. You know, it's almost like the GPS, like you have arrived, <laughs> but everything is coming from within. So the message I want to leave you with and, and leave season one of In Providing Life with is how can you really yes in the shit <laughs> out of what is marvelous within you? And if it's possible to do that, how else can you start making space for yourself and those who really matter most for you in your day? Yeah, and whatever comes up to that, how can you see that that makes a little more room? You can A to C through that. Then you're able to ID the relationship. Is this something that is comfortable for me? Is this something that I've been able to do? Recognize myself and be in right relationship with other people? And then based off of what awareness comes from that, can there be this idea that we don't have to keep inventing alone, right? We don't have to to think that there's something outside of us that's going to be the magic fix or cure. What if there's actually these building blocks within us? Yeah, Mercury. And then being able to build from that place suddenly means that we're actually, yeah, that we're actually able to have a different reality available to us. One that's actually including us 
and our bodies and our spirits and our minds in it. Yeah. And as we're getting ready for bedtime here, we're going to go ahead and have each other's back. I'm so grateful that I can read her cues and know that it's bedtime and that we're signing off here. But I just want to thank you so much. So as you're able and if it feels safe to really let those plumes wiggle out and share out and let yourself be seen the rest of this year, I just want to to let you know that it's also okay if you don't feel safe being seen. But I'm here with you through that. And as always... Have a razzle-dazzle day, and if that's not accessible, yeah, we're going to have a frazzle-dazzle day. Thank you so much for joining me for Season 1, and I hope you feel as, pour, as poured into as I do spending this time with you.